This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,161, September 29th, 2023. 89 degrees was the record high. That happened in 19, or I'm sorry, back in 1897. And it was 27 degrees on this day in 1945. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight, King. Fireworks Commissioner and the Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. The Garage Logic Meteorological Department is yes. issuing a pleasant weather warning for the pleasant weekend. Weather. Pleasant weather. Nice. E- even though the Twin Cities Marathon will be conducted under a red flag warning. Hmm. Seriously, the they're That's calling the it a red flag. I saw these it the news these these screwballs who run marathons—they run through deserts just for the hell of it. Well, think you about think it. this is going to bother them? But think about it. Uh, they've just tr- marathon runners have to run all the time. So when it's eighty-five or ninety degrees, they don't in the train, summer, do they, Matt? Yeah, they, don't, they they have to train. Well, let me put on the Mister FYI hat. Having married one. Typically, that's done in the morning before it gets. I got news for you. I got. Can I tell you some news? The news is the the superlative runners, if not all of them being professional and superlative, they're going to finish this thing before it hits seventy five degrees. What about the Janices of the world? Janice Borman will struggle. She's the smoking marathon runner. She's going to get a little hot later Scott in the day. Scott from Invergrove writes, I was appalled by the talk of safety as it relates to the Twin Cities Marathon. For God's sakes, the race will start off with temperatures in the mid-60s, rising to the mid-80s by late Sunday afternoon. It wouldn't even know that yet. Along the route, the stations will offer water and energy drinks. Only an idiot would find themselves dehydrated running the rest. Hell, even Janet Borman, the smoking marathon runner, isn't afraid to run Sunday, just as long as she has a steady supply of heaters to help her along. Right. Let's face it. Since the pandemic shutdowns, Americans are trading in their liberties for the illusion of safety brought to us courtesy of the federal and state governments who are bent on not only controlling every aspect of our lives, but the very thoughts we think each day. We are are issuing a pleasant weather warning that could mean you should stay inside because if you go outside and socialize, you could abuse drugs and alcohol, and that would be the fault of climate change. Got it. Now, yesterday, Kenny, uh, always always championing First Nation people as well as he might, Native Americans. He's read a lot about Native Americans, our brothers and sisters who Mm -hmm. preceded us. He he wanted to credit some woman who was claiming that Native Americans invented running, or at least Yogging. invented invented the, invented the races. Right? Uh, the first marathon was run by Spartacus. Really, Joe? 
I think you might be spending too much time with the morons. Their intellectual standards are rubbing off on you. The first marathon was run in 490 B.C., when after a day-long battle between the Athenians and the Persians on the plain of Marathon, Philippides Philippides, ran the 26.2 miles to inform the city of Athens of the land victory in the approaching naval battle as the Persian fleet was making its way to attack uh, Praeus, Athens seaport. After delivering the message, he died of exhaustion. Wow. Spartacus was born in what is now Bulgaria. In 103 B.C., he became a Roman soldier who deserted. And it goes on to tell me this is from uh, John Thorpe in Crookston. I got another email about the uh, marathon's ancient origins, and it sure as hell wasn't the Navajo chase in the sewer round. Uh, it was Greek. Uh, I don't know that were they ever in conflict with each other. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. The marathon does have ancient Greek origins. This contradicts the first email. According to the Greek historian Herodotus, when the Athenians, well, yeah, this is right. When the Athenians learned that the Persians had landed at Marathon on the way to attack Athens, a messenger named Fidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidibidib
Yeah, with the bat, everything, for, and, he, and well, he, you've got firefighters running in this one Sunday in their full uniform, in their sure. full uh, and that's fighting cool. fire Oof. gear. That's cool. In usually memory they, of fallen yeah, firefighters, I was say, usually they do it in and honor the, of somebody. The other thing I want to see you you can picture what a runner looks like, right? What they do with their arms, their shoulders are tensed yeah. up, their arms are doing this. Hut, hut, hut. I want to see somebody run the whole marathon with their arms straight. Oh no way! Yeah. Straight down. Uh, you forgot about the uh, one of the most famous marathons of all time. What's that? Peter beats John to the tomb. I'm, I'm unaware of that. I, he, they were racing to each other. I did not know and that. And Peter got there first. Where do you get this? Or no, John, did John got there? Who got there first? John got there. Mary the, got there first with a bunch of neighbors with some white towels and stuff to clean them up. No, but Peter and John then ran. But and the John, stone John threw was, the humble brag in there. I got there first. But the stone had been rolled away. Yeah, but they went to go check. Yeah, but were, are you making this up? No. John Where are you says, getting this? John says uh, the the one arrived at the first, at the tomb that Jesus But you know loved. what? They didn't call it a marathon. That was one of those marathons. I, I thought he somebody, said he could see his house from here. That was the other joke. Uh, I know somebody that's <laughs> going to be running in the top six marathons. and uh, I don't know what that means. Wait, what does that even a, mean? A limited number of people. If, if you run the Boston... Uh, Chicago, Berlin, New York, London, and Tokyo. Yep. You are one of maybe 10,000 people that complete that task. All right. And you get a, a medal for that. Yep. I know I a gal so. that has run Boston, Berlin, and Chicago. We'll run New York in November, and then we'll do London and Tokyo. That's uh, some kind of new level of snobbery, isn't it? I, I don't think I could be friends with a any of A lot of bumper people. stickers on the back of that. Yeah. Do yeah. I know this yeah. person? It's Matthew's wife, Haley. Really? Yeah. Really, Matt? Is she running t- Sunday? Uh, no, she has run the Grandmas and the Twin Cities, but she's in Berlin. She just finished the Berlin. She's in Berlin. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. she they, she just finished the marathon. Oh, now to be in this oh. now, do you have to finish at a certain level? No, you just have to be able to run. The, you just have to finish. the Well, marathons. in other words, anyone can enter these six. No, but you have to qualify for Boston, yes. and you have yeah, to qualify for New York. I'm sure for all of these, the big ones. Yeah. By the way, all of this uh, critique for the marathon comes from four people that could not even finish um, the, the thing. I, could I, I, I couldn't run from the kitchen to the living room. <laughs> I was tasked one time while somebody was running a marathon with giving them water. Yeah, and the you fi- probably blew the it. Fifteen yards that I was running to give them the water, I had to go sit down on the bus stop. Spilled and go, half of oh it. Oh my god! I can't do this. You want Jordy's <laughs> prediction for what's going to happen in the absence of the uh, now uh, departed Diane Feinstein? Let's go. Who died at the age of 90. God bless you. Uh, Jordy's prediction. Uh, I just, it sickens me because he, he might be onto something. Hmm. Newsom will appoint Kamala to the Senate seat in the Obama administration, meaning the Biden administration will appoint Newsom to fill her position as VP, whereupon Joe will step down, making Newsom president. Oh, my God. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm afraid. Now, can you, can a vice president be plucked away from Washington to become a senator for a state? Can a vice president... Newsom? Okay, so you you can pluck a senator to become a vice president. Yes. Okay. Vacant Senate. Let's see. Seat. I think Newsom is the Antichrist. I do too. I really. He's just. 
it's just you look at them and it's just pure evil disguised as like say a a, a, a major market preacher you know well, one well, of those get a TV lot of preachers he's good looking right all right yeah. he, well he looks like a TV preacher right well how- Come on, look at all of the good he's doing for California. It's a state I would not want any part of. Uh, Oh, boy. I'm not really... Newsom will appoint Kamala to the Senate, to the Senate seat. Well, that's my question, I guess. Can Can a VP go backwards to a Senate seat? By law, Newsom is responsible for appointing her replacement. Before her death, he would repeatedly say he would nominate a black woman to serve out the remainder of her term. Well, they're passing Kamala off as a black woman. Right. Uh, following Vice President Kamala Harris's election, there are no black women in the sentence. He recently qualified his commitment by saying he would only, only wanted a caretaker to serve out the time. Get that. He'll only appoint a black woman. Not, not just the best woman. Why not person? appoint the best woman? The Maybe best she'll person. happen to be black. Right. Oh, this guy is bad, man. This guy is a bad dude. I don't like the word dude. Would it have to be? Um, would it have to be somebody from the political field? Because now I'm going down the list of black women, and I'm thinking Wanda Sykes would be fun. She's especially, a far, yes. especially for California. She's a crazy lefty, but boy, yeah. she's got sass. It'd be yeah. fun. It'd be fun to hear her. You're gonna wind up with three shoes. <laughs> Two on your feet and one in your <laughs> one up your head, <laughs> just so you can yeah. dial those shoes. I don't agree with her politically, but that would be a lot of fun. You know, she has some comments about your shoes, mm-hmm. Joe. <laughs> Look at this cracker over here. <laughs> it's got them wind-up shoes. <laughs> uh, for those of you wondering what we're talking about, just go to the uh, various yes. Twitter accounts. Uh, we took a video of Joe's new shoes today. There is a gorgeous, speaking of the word gorgeous, we have She just, says stuff like, listen up, white people. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have somebody in the Oval Office that comes out and says, listen, white people. Right. I'm going to tell you how it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. At Go least ahead. it would be direct, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no dancing around right. the topic. <laughs> Uh, we have, we have. It might be ending right now, but we've had just a gorgeous morning of rain here in the metro. It's great sleeping, and it's the best oh. rain we've had all summer. It's just lovely. I made the wonderful mistake of sleeping with the windows open. Oh, I, I always have it open, and it was fantastic. And it's a fight, believe me, to get that window to stay open. I mm. bet it's a fight. I bet. Why don't you just put on your wind-up sneakers and tell her like put it is. your feet down. Your preschool <laughs> tennis shoes. You're right. What are those zips? My eight-year-old should have the same right. shoes. Wind them up. Don't, don't you? Wind them up. We're going for a walk, and I ain't slipping today. <laughs> oh, wait, he's going to walk like this, right, Kenny? He's going to walk like this. Yeah, arms straight down. <laughs> Such, doesn't the humidity keep you awake, though? Don't you? Aren't you just like the pillows wet, the sheets, everything's I love wet? The humidity open. last night. Love the window open. Oh, uh, a little breeze coming mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Summer breeze makes okay. me Okay, there's a gorgeous picture on the cover of the Wall Street Journal today, and it led me to a question, a question we, we haven't asked before. We've, we've couched it in many different ways, but I don't think it's a question I've ever asked before. There's a gorgeous picture of some forested wetlands in northern Ontario. And it turns out it's an area called the Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. 
It's uh, it, look at that. I've showed you guys. The I picture. love. I Isn't love it the lovely? Picture, yes. with, it's just yeah. nothing but wetlands and pine forests, and it's undeveloped. It's gorgeous, and it turns out that it's the largest untapped. Uh, underneath all of this is the largest untapped source of nickel, copper, and coal, uh, cobalt in the world, and now the the fight is underway because the EV battery makers want to get in there, tear it up. And extract the minerals. Let me let me go to the this story. It's because it's leading to a question, and it's just just a beautiful piece of land. Uh, the pace of the global transition to electric vehicles depends on the future of a remote region in Canada known as the Ring of Fire. It's underneath a distant swampy expanse of spruce forests and meandering rivers in northern Ontario that is cut off from major roads. The Ring of Fire is seen by industry and government officials as one of the world's most important untapped sources of nickel, copper, and cobalt, metals essential for making the batteries that power electric vehicles. But the precious commodities are buried under a vast ecosystem of peat bogs known by local groups as the breathing lands that hold more carbon per square foot than even the Amazon rainforest. Digging them up could trigger the release of more greenhouse gas than Canada emits in one year, turning one of the Earth's biggest carbon sinks into a major source of emissions. A debate over how or whether to tap into this mother load, located more than 700 miles northwest of Toronto, has touched off a fight between mining companies, climate advocates, and indigenous groups as demand for cleaner energy in electric vehicles has surged worldwide. The energy wouldn't be cleaner. We're, we're sold these lies. Right. This is the ultimate in windmilling, Joe. This is just... This it, is the ultimate. It leads me to my question. What the hell do you maniacs want? By maniacs, I'm, I mean mysterians. Net zero. What in God's but, name do you want? You've spent the last 50 years crying about the despoiling of the earth. And now you're gung-ho to go dig up one of the most gorgeous, untouched areas on the planet? But it's climate advocates against climate advocates. Right, Ooh. right. Because they already, you left out that little, um, when you read stuff, you do it properly. Um, you leave out the words they put in for readers. And here's here's the full sense. I'll, I'll, this will make sense. Digging, and you read this already, I know. Digging them up could trigger the release of more greenhouse gas than Canada admits in one year, turning one of the Earth's biggest carbon sinks into a major source of emissions, say climate advocates. Right. That proves to me that these two sides, these people are going to eat their own. They're killing themselves. They're what killing the you, whole movement. What do you people want? I say we just sit back and let them fight it out. Yep. Yeah, in the meantime, <laughs> there goes the ring of fire, whatever the no, hell that is. I don't I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think the infighting will bring this to a close. Plus, isn't this under native land? Yes, the Aroland First Nation members. Right. Well, they don't want it dug up, I can guarantee you that. What we need to do 
our side needs, and the Wall Street Journal's doing it for us. We need more stories like this. Opponents warn that disturbing the area could have far-reaching consequences. We are threatening to destroy so many forests and peatland. Let me stop right there. Normally, normally I, I read such things with caution. Yeah. Because they're coming to me from the crackpots. Okay. We're right. going to ruin everything. And a lot right. of times it turns right. out we aren't ruining anything. I'm This time I can see how it would be ruinous because to mine this stuff is a dreadful process. Right. Just you're putting just a shovel. You're the hell yeah. off. The, yeah. you're, you're going crazy on the earth and there go the trees and the wetlands. Opponents warn that disturbing the area could have far-reaching consequences. We are threatening to destroy so many forests and peatlands that eat the carbon out of the atmosphere. The impact could be catastrophic, said Kate Kempton, a lawyer representing indigenous groups that are suing the Ontario government to halt development in the northern Ontario, including in the Ring of Fire, unless the groups agree to it. Canada has signed on to the UN Declaration which says the country must consult with and get free, prior, and informed consent from indigenous peoples for decisions and projects that affect their communities. The Ring of Fire was formed three billion years ago, Mm a 1,900-square-mile area larger than the state of Rhode Island. Shifting tectonic plates cracked the continent and mineral-rich magma oozed up from the Earth's core. Cool. Later, a retreating ice sheet left sodden, boggy terrain that covers what metal industry analysts have estimated to be tens of billions of dollars worth of minerals. Let it sit. Or set, as we say. What the hell do you want? What do you maniacs want? You people that are blindly saying we have a climate crisis, blindly saying we must drive EVs. What do you want? The hell do you want? What the hell do you want? Yeah. Showing them that picture, this you want to ruin this? Everybody that would be for the mining have, would have to look well, at that picture. Fellas, we got to look at something else here, though, with the natives and their land. How many... Oil pipelines have they shut down? And how many liberals have rushed out to northern Minnesota or North Dakota to protest and camp out and fight for the natives' right to stop this pipeline? Now what are they going to do? Are they going to also support the natives in this issue? This is this is a great story, Such. This is wonderful. A hell of a story. This is spectating at its finest. The most valuable nickel deposit undeveloped in the world. Let it set. Yep. Set it there. Set it there. <laughs> Chromite? I've never even heard of that. Just can't even know about set it there TV. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that okay. commercial a million times. Uh, chromite, a mineral used to make stainless steel. Oh, mainly found in South Africa. That's what that is. To reach the minerals, engineers would tunnel 5,300 feet beneath the spongy peat bog. That's more than a mile. Uh, although the Wall Street Journal says that's more than three Empire State buildings. Or... 50 Olympic-sized swimming pools full of paper clips. Mm. I hate when they use that. Just it's 5,300 feet beneath the bog was enough for me as a reader. <laughs> I don't need your bleeping well, Empire State Building analogy. 
How many remote controls? How many TV remote right. controls is that? Toothpicks. Oh, yeah. but we'd use electric vehicles in the mine to reduce emissions. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What a trade-off. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> what the hell do you want? What's going on? I can't get worked up about this because they're destroying themselves. Um, are they going to... It's beautiful. God so are, are they now attacking the Wall Street Journal as far right-wing propaganda? And no, has that started yet? the Wall Street yet? Journal, the best newspaper in the country, the Wall Street Journal covers this with extraordinary balance. They're, yeah. they're quoting people on both sides of the issue. The other thing the Wall Street Journal does, I've always meant to mention this, all newspapers used to do it. But now, few newspapers uh, continue the tradition. Uh, the Wall Street Journal will daily have a photograph that has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it's something pleasant. Okay. You know, uh, uh, farmers in Virginia baled this hay, and the local kids came along and turned it into a pumpkin patch, or whatever. Yeah. It's just a, a beautiful photograph. That has not, that type that kind of reminds you that that life's okay, you know. Despite we still have these, despite all the crap we're bringing you in the news every. Let's see if they got one today. Uh, despite all this stuff we we have to report on, look at look look what these farmers just did in West Virginia or, or Idaho or whatever. Let me see if I can find one today. Uh, it, the the one on the cover might pass for it. The beautiful picture of the. Uh, of the uh, thing, peat bog up in Canada. It's yeah, in there. We don't have one. Yeah, yeah it's probably not in there. But that that'll. Pat Let's see if the Tribune has one. The today. got one. While you're Bear looking with me. Yeah. While you're looking, uh, I haven't finished the whole piece. Was there any talk about reclamation after the mining is done, or is this going to be a mine that goes on ad infinitum? What, what well, do we got would, here? They would. Uh, they would exhaust the supply of stuff. And then it, they would pretend to rebuild it. Yeah, but even after reclamation, you're not going to have that peat bog wetland, will you? No. No. It'll be permanently destroyed. Uh, no oh, picture looks in like, the Tribune. Of this the is life. Duck Hunter's paradise. Wow. This is where the ducks go every spring. Mm -hmm. Okay, now here. I'm, I'm sorry. There's one more paragraph I should read about the story that I didn't read. Check city pages. If I have to hop on a bulldozer myself, we're going to start building roads to the Ring of Fire, said Doug Ford, the leader of the province of Ontario, which recently signed deals with Volkswagen and Stellantis to build battery-making factories in the province. I might be going... I, I, I might need help here. I might need an intervention. That comment from Doug Ford makes me a euphorian. Hmm. I do that, go bleep yourself, Doug Ford, the leader of. You're you're going to go spoil your your own province so you can make battery factories? Battery? Nope. No, the natives won't let them. <sighs> Why, if I have to get on a bulldozer myself? <laughs> Tough-talking politician says. Last Friday, Doug writes, 
My wife and I made our way to Grunhofer's in Hugo. Got a great supply of brats and also some bison burgers. Had burgers on the grill tonight and put a generous piece of that thick cut smoked bacon on it with red onions. Man, were they tasty. Of course, they were married with Grunhofer's seasoning beforehand. Never realized they had bison before, but I should have known better. Grunhofer's has everything when it comes to meat. We thought about doing what Kenny would and get a slab of smoked salmon and throw it on the dash and chew on it on our way back to St. Cloud, but instead got a couple of different jerkies to nibble. They were awfully good and are all gone already. Also signed up for the drawing to win a side of uh, prime rib that they're giving away in October. Maybe you can fill us in when you do their next ad. Doug Barber, 57, 58, 59, 60. Perfect. <laughs> talking, of course, about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. The original location is just north of Hugo on Highway 61. Store number two is in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just east of 35. And store number three coming soon to the White Bear Lake area. And, yeah, if you fill out a uh, ticket... Uh, for the drawing, which will be revealed revealed October 14th. You can win a 10-pound prime rib roast. Yum. I'd like to see that in your hands, Rook. Yeah. All the brats, the game day stuff for football. In fact, if you want to place an order, give them a heads-up phone call. In Hugo, it's 651-426-2800. In Forest Lake, it's 651 1182. You know what 426 used to be in the days when we had names for the prefixes of phone numbers? White Bear. That was Garden 6. Oh. Garden 6. Grunhoffers has you covered everything. Hey, uh, let's you, go throwback. 2013, they created the candy corn brat. The candy corn brat? Try the new brat That'd of the month. That'd be for Halloween. Candy corn. Sounds weird, we know, but you might be intrigued. I want, it, I want the cinnamon toasted maple links for breakfast. Yeah. All right. It's all at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Forest Lake. Mate Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. I had a lot of fun talking about Bugs Be Gone all summer because it's one of those products that you can actually watch the magic as it happened. Uh, Scott Woolery, the Scott, you, this might be the last email I read regarding uh, Bugs Be Gone for the season. My wife and I just returned from a two week trip out to Colorado for some fishing, hiking, biking. Uh, when we pulled into the gas station in eastern Nebraska for our first fuel stop, our windshield looked like it had enough bugs on it to qualify as a high schooler's freshman biology. Biolo- biology. You know, I should pre-read these, huh? Biological? Biology class insect collection. Anyway, he proceeded to spray the windshield down. The wife asked him. I'm just going to paraphrase from this point forward. I will. The wife asked him, what the hell are you doing? She said, he said, just, just sit there and watch the magic. Sprays the windshield down, hooks up the pump, gets it going. And by the time he got back to the windshield, all he had to do was wipe him off with the squeegee. It's that fast. Just a couple of minutes. Actually, you can see him start sliding down the windshield as soon as you spray it on. And we don't even have to talk about bird poop here. Please. That's gone instantly it's really an amazing product and you can actually watch it work it's so cool and that's why glers are now keeping a spray bottle or two 
you got to go to the back door in that side pocket. Just shove it in there. So it's always with you. It's a wonderful product. And that's what we should expect from Seafoam. They're helping GLers out all over the world. A wonderful product in a world of achy bugs. Hey, may bugs I tell you gone. something? May I yeah, tell you ahead. something? Fire away. Bird poop, you've got to remove that right away. From the paint. It, it has acid or something in it, yeah. and it'll, it'll, it'll affect the paint of your car. Well, you know what? You brought up something I should have mentioned. This uh, Bugs Be Gone safe for all finishes. Yeah. Water-based formula. Leaves no film when it dries. It's fantastic. She's been driving around for about six weeks with a big glob of it on the backside of her vehicle. Well, why don't you get rid of it? I, I, I've said, honey, you should probably... No, no, you thing. do it. Yeah, no, Chris. Yeah, you need why to, in the hell would she? Why do don't it? you throw on a pair of pants yeah. and some boots, maybe listen, steel toes, act up. like a man? In any event, at the end of the day, don't say it's that. still going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did two of them at you once. Did. Get, okay. get some swagger back in your walk, Reavers. Yeah, right, right. Take now, care of it. Bird poop is very acidic for some reason. I, maybe it's not acid that's causing and the problem. You are a some, bird observer. I love birds. Yeah. They won't feed at my stations because I because put up the, the twirler, yeah, right. and twirler. that doesn't attract a damn thing. Got it. The Biden administration is constructing migrant camps in the national parks. <laughs> we who uh, relish or cherish the national parks are often <laughs> admonished that we are ruinous to them. and uh, But now we're resettling migrants on National Park it's Service land. It's like idiocracy meets escape from New York, isn't yep. it? It's just the most absurd country in the world right now. This is wow. according to House Natural Resources Committee Chairman Bruce Westerman, a republic, a Republican from Arizona. Uh, the Biden administration did not honor Westerman's request to send an administration official to discuss the policy to Westerman's disappointment. Congress has a duty to conduct oversight, and this committee will not tolerate seeing Biden's bas bad policy destroy one of America's best ideas. Isn't that what Ken Burns called the national park system, one of America's best ideas? And don't they all love Ken Burns? He's a comfortable lefty, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He managed to make the park uh, uh, documentary all about race. It was still wonderful, but there's not a... Topic you can bring up that he won't turn into race. Right. In any event, please. No, 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 no. Uh, anyway, yeah. more than 100,000 migrants have arrived in New York City since the spring of 2022, according to Westerman. The city is so overwhelmed with migrants that Democrat Mayor Eric Adams recently claimed that the Biden administration's current immigration policies will destroy the city. They are eating their own, aren't they? Yes, they're they are. They're all eating their own. The city's own policies transformed it into a magnet for migration, despite the city's inability to handle it. New York identifies as a sanctuary city. Well, of course it does. And refuses to cooperate with federal agencies in identifying and removing illegal aliens, even those with prior felony convictions. I will ask again, what the hell do you people want? Are you not going to be happy until this country is completely destroyed? Uh, New York has a right to shelter law, which requires all persons, regardless of their legal status, to be provided with shelter and food paid for by the city. Did you know that? Did not know that. Just in one day, 2,000 migrants crossed into Texas by early afternoon. 
1,500 more expected. The staggering number of migrants prompted the administration's plan to construct housing in Floyd Bennett Field in the National Park Service's Gateway National Recreation Area. The city has entered into lease agreements with the NPS to permit the construction of the migrant encampment where area residents have long escaped to kayak and fish. Westerman recently joined Breitbart News Saturday to discuss his opposition to the administration's plan and the ability of officials to answer questions surrounding the security of the facilities. He advocated in that interview the passage of a House Republican spending vehicle to fund increased border security and keep the government open. The administration is circumventing. Get this. The administration is circumventing the environmental regulations to expedite the construction, a concession rarely afforded to American citizens seeking housing. Oh, I see. So that law only applies to us. There's a picture of the new construction going up on Randall Island in New York. So we're expediting that construction. Sure. But God forbid you have a puddle in your backyard. It'll be called a wetland. You won't be able to build a porch. Right. The border crisis, and that is a crisis. The climate is not a crisis. The border is a crisis. Words mean something. Right. The border crisis has shown no signs of abating. And Westerman is alarmed by the damage it could result from the precedent if this policy is extended to additional national parks throughout the nation. He warned American citizens that President Biden's failing border policies are coming to a park near you. I believe we have audio. Uh, From whom? Uh, From who? This is from Alabama State Senator Katie Boyd Britt. And it concerns the border. It does. And GLers, I'm going to warn you, it's disturbing, but I think it's necessary. And I think every citizen of this country should hear this audio. Firsthand, if this woman didn't know that I needed to see it immediately upon entering the United States Senate. I followed up with a trip with John Cornyn because they care. These people down there, Senator Blackburn would talk to them. She knew them. We walked through and we got to hear women tell us their story. And their stories are brutalizing. And to Senator Cruz's point, if you're not telling it, that's on you. Because when a woman sits there and she tells you not just about being raped, but how many times a day she's raped. When she tells you about having to lay in that bed while they come in and out and in and out. It's disgusting and it's despicable. Folks, you look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here. Make no mistake, this is a result of failed policies. We could fix this. We can't throw money at this and fix it. We have to actually change the policies. I looked in the eyes of CBP agents who said we're exhausted. We're not only having to be paper pushers, we're also trying to do what we did, what we took an oath of office to do, and that is protect this border. But when they tell you about finding small children who have drowned in that river or pulling a lifeless body of a woman who is pregnant with twins, it changes the way you think about what's happening. Drug cartels, guys, they have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. 
To Senator Cruz's point, they will tell you exactly how much they paid to get here. Then they'll tell you where they're going, what their job's going to be, and how much more they owe. Got it? And guess what? Just the other day in Alabama, a gentleman told me, if you will come back here with me in this neighborhood right behind you, you will see migrants who are here illegally, and they will tell you about the drug cartels coming around every other week to collect. Guys, that's not the American dream. That's an American nightmare. What the hell do you people want? If You, you Mysterians, what the hell do you want? If you want to know why we're seeing the number of homeless encampments rise in it's all these use. larger cities, it's directly linked to drug use and open borders and people's addiction problems. All of this is all the result of the same problem. And it's so obvious. But too many people are in denial when it comes to things like that. What's not obvious is the final, the final goal. What is the goal with these policies? What are they trying to do? What well, are they trying the, to accomplish? The, the, cynical, the cynical view would be they're just recruiting voters to keep them in power. It'd be hard to argue. I don't know what the. I don't know how to answer it other than the that. other problem too. But, and we've seen. Sorry, Kenny. The other problem that that I have with things like this is, even though you have such overwhelming evidence to suggest that this policy is wrong, it doesn't matter if it's a climate initiative, if it's a border initiative, it doesn't matter. The refusal to change course because you're just going to dig your heels in and refuse to admit you're wrong. That is such a freaking problem right now. You're unwilling to admit, oh, yeah, this was probably a bad idea. Whether it's COVID, it doesn't matter. You're just going to stay with it because of conviction, and that's stupid. Joe, in theory, um, illegal un- or undocumented Im- immigrants are not allowed to vote, in theory. No, oh, I know. It's a hell of a theory. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about food stamps and the like? We'd, we would be providing that. It's probably cheap, right? To house but nobody them. can answer what the final yeah I, what the final goal is, and there's a, there's absolutely a goal here, and they're achieving it. I don't know. It's hard to balance humanity versus practicality. Uh, this country was not designed to have an open border. Undocumented persons and non-immigrants are not eligible in Minnesota. I don't know about well, elsewhere. Not, not yet. Right. They're eligible for a driver's license. Can they get Medicaid? Um, oh, they might be eligible for state-funded, uh, what is MFIP benefits? Minnesota <clears throat> something. Unempl- Speaking so, of... Uh, okay. and we are a, a sanctuary um, state, are we not? Yeah, what so you're a longtime resident of El Paso, Texas. Do you okay. even do you even have a city anymore? Do you no. have a town? No. You really don't. The the rise what, what, in crime, there was this, didn't we do that on the show a, a while back where the the rise in crime in a lot of these border cities and then the surrounding areas have all been affected by this, obviously. But you, you, the, 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 the rampant drug use in this country is so evident everywhere. If AOC would take in a family of six in her home, I, I'd shut up. 
You don't think she'll do that? I don't think so. So are they coming uh, through the border with uh, loaded down with fentanyl or something? Or what are well, why are the, the mules are? Yep. Why are the cartels involved here? Because they got a they have their hand in this the American market. Right. The demise they have their hand in the demise of America. Right. Why is America complicit in this? Why are, why do the Democrats allow this? Is it just a liberal You're you're asking we, you're we asking love, what I've been ahead. asking all morning, and that is, what the hell do you want? Right, yeah. What the it, hell do you want? They don't know, and they don't know where to stop. There's no way in hell that any lefty would say, wreck that, we need the uh, dirt or lithium But what or they do is wrecking it. Speaking of that... Um, this is coming to you straight from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. I would say that that's a pretty reliable source. The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. Okay. We've got ourselves a money issue. You know, I've been in the bar where they found, founded themselves. Really? It's in, uh, it's in Jekyll Island, uh, Georgia. And it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it's ancient. And there's the, the world's best bar is in a separate building from that hotel. It holds about 10 people. That's cool. It is. That's where the Federal Reserve was formed. Sounds like a pirate bar. It is. It's a pirate bar. Pirates. And that's that's ironic that it's a pirate bar where the Federal Reserve was formed. And I found this interesting because twice a week I record with Mr. Money Talk. And he's been harping on the Fed for quite some time, and rightfully so. I want you guys to listen to the number I'm about to give you. Are you ready? And this is from who? Joe. This is from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. All right. That's a reliable source, would you say? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh God, I'm confused. Holy crap. Yep. Are I we going to, around in circles I just here? had to repeat it. <laughs> Joe, the Fed is currently paying $723 million per day, per day to commercial banks on reserve repos and interest on reserves. During the Trump administration, the Fed was profitable, sending its profits to the U.S. Treasury. But in order to keep everything from collapsing under Biden's failed policies, the Fed has been forced to create more and more programs to support his house of cards, resulting in losses of $723 million per day. Hmm. Per day. Well, we have a cash-based standard instead of a gold-based standard, so we'll just make more money, Chris. Yeah, we just print it. Yeah, we'll fire up the who's the Who's the nut job in Hollywood that wanted us to do that? We're just going to keep uh, Alyssa Milano. Remember, she well, wanted it, us to do that. That's already happening. Right. Uh, and you can blame Nixon for that. Getting us off the gold standard? Yeah. Anyway. Well, I just Andy wonder, Hughes. what the hell do you people want? The complete and total destruction of the United States. But why? Because that would punish... Now, is it about punishment, Joe, or is it just about domination, financial gain? That would extract the absent pound of flesh from the from white patriarchy that founded America, and and they and they and the people ruining it believe that it was founded unfairly and improperly, and they're 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 set, they have set about to correct that to to have to have the people who settled the country pay for the sins 
of their invention, which they find to be a flawed invention. They don't like it, even though it's, it's lifted more people out of poverty than anything else in the world. People have enjoyed freedom more than anywhere else in the world. They don't believe in it. They believe that it was founded on a flawed premise. And they're, they're, they have set about, that's the mystery, they have set about to bring about a kind of country that we don't recognize. I love that answer, but I don't think it's right. Well, that's my I think answer. It's, I think it's more simple. Okay, I'd love to have it be simpler. World domination, world power, controlling things, no, money, you're, well, no, you're Illuminati. Well, you're you're wrong because the the world power in this uh, in this diminution of the country is is shifting to China. We're not a world. We're not the world power who once were. Yeah, yeah, that's a as the, as, as the country is being dismantled. <clears throat> world power is shifting to an axis between Russia and okay. China. Okay, now we're getting there. I think I think you're abs. This is the path we should be on when thinking about this. I think you're right, and we're just being complicit and playing along because certain people are profiting, certain people are doing good. We call it the third rail, and by doing so, they're allowing China and Russia. And I think politics. Here's another interesting question I thought of today. We every generation. You know, my dad and his buddies, maybe they groused about something. Maybe they oh, said... I, I bet there was a fighting I mean, chance. I, you know, maybe they <laughs> said, geez, I hope our kids have a, have a stable future in the United States. And then maybe their dad said the same thing. So maybe it's a cliche to, to pine for the good old days. But I happen to think this time... Yep. This time... I'm with you. You, you are facing... The kind of mystery that my dad and his dad and your dad and his dad did not face, did not see coming. I believe this time is different. Yes. And so maybe the answer to what the hell do you want, maybe the answer is we don't want to be the dominant power in the world. We don't want it. We're done with that. We, we want to be. I do. I we, still want to be. I do, too. Half this country still does. We want to be subservient. Because that way we can share our misery equally. I, I think it's simpler than that, though. I think they want to be the new management and be in charge when China and Russia takes over. I think you got really close to the answer five minutes ago. Well, when China takes over, though, China takes over. What role do they play? What role does the the, the then president of the United States play? He's, he's a factotum the of the Chinese that's government. That's when they find out that all the promises that they've been made are, in fact... Phony promises. That's when we go red dawn on them, baby. Well, the only thing we should be worried about is if the president had ties to China. Then then we should be worried. Hmm. You want to hear what an ad is like if I read it exactly like it was given to me? Please. Yeah, it's, yes, isn't it? I yes, I know I the do. sales team would really appreciate this. No, okay. You yeah. ready? <laughs> oh, I got to zip my lip. Go yeah. ahead. This is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. 59, 58. <laughs> this is Joe. And when you want to pick a garage door business, you might want to look at their online reviews. My personal pick is family-owned GLers Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. Five-star Google ratings are common, and they get great comments from customers. Oh, I'm going to get Here's one at. to share. 
My door, my door broke Sunday night, and I called, and they set up an appointment early Monday morning. Every step in the process was easy and professional. They sent emails to confirm and a picture of our Minnesota Tech Mike G before he arrived. He was on time and fixed our door in under an hour. I will always recommend Precision Garage Door. Mike in Hopkins. Thank See you. what I mean? They guarantee every job they do and aren't satisfied until you are. That's my buddies from Precision Garage Door serving the metro and western Wisconsin. Make sure you let them know you appreciate a GLR-owned business. Precision Garage Door. They fix garage doors right. Get help online immediately at precisiondoormn.com or you can call them directly at 612-263-6985. Except you know what? That's all true. It is. It is. It's not BS. I like when it's off the cuff. Because I've been getting too many emails from people who have followed these uh, uh, advice, and they have contacted Precision Door of the Twin Cities. They're my new garage door guy. When you get them as your guy, you get the whole family. They're it. a garage logic family serving the metro and western Wisconsin. Don't charge more for weekend visits. They get it done correctly, including if you need a new door. Precision Door of the Twin Cities. PrecisionDoorMN.com. Got something here. Uh, Kenny does, Joe. All right. This Larry Graham. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware yeah. stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts. Snapping and popping. So sushere. Uh, MoonMotorsports.com. That's a beautiful place to cyberstock. But I warn you, you're going to have to carve out a chunk of time because you slip into their use section at uh, MoonMotorsports.com. You're going to be there a while. You're going to go through the pages and pages. Pre-owned bikes, sleds, ATVs, side-by-sides, whatever you need. And they have all the brands there. Well, they're used, you know. Oh, uh, as they like to say, pre-owned. But they're yes. used. We we don't have to do that. Uh, but they also carry a whole bunch of new stuff, all the newest models in stock. And it's because of that deep inventory selection that Moon can source out some of those hard-to-find machines you might have been looking for. The parts department, the service department, accessories. They have a ton of everything. So you need a new helmet jacket boots whatever they can they can fit your style and your profile family-owned moon motorsports right up there in monticello right right off 94 about 25 minutes west of the twin cities and of course that website go there right now you know what turn gl off go to moonmotorsports.com what well he said turn them turn you guys off say we thought the school resource officer controversy had been settled Keith Ellison had met with various police authorities and signed off on the use of force when necessary. School resource officers had started to return to schools. And now, uh, unbelievably enough, Mary Moriality, the Hennepin County attorney, has issued her own guidance, and it contradicts Ellison's. So now they're back to a point of controversy. They don't know what to do. In his legal opinion last week, Keith Ellison said a new law restricting the use of force does not negate the school resource officer's ability to use reasonable force. So, you know, it's up to them whether they wanted to trust Keith or not, but apparently they were going to, and Keith is saying you can use reasonable force, a fact-specific standard in Minnesota. 
in the course of their lawful duties as peace officers, using physical contact to intervene in nonviolent situations or placing a student under arrest. Moriarty has come along with a different interpretation of that. She said reasonable force is only allowed to prevent when there is a risk of bodily harm or death. So there's a great gray area that she's, she's revealed again. Keith is saying, look, uh, it, it can be a nonviolent physical contact because what the presumption is the nonviolent physical contact would be slowing a, a matter down before it blew up into violence. Okay. What Mary Moriality seems to be saying is you can only use it when that bodily harm or death dynamic is, I'm, I'm going to put words in her mouth, is only underway. When there's a, yeah, a risk. It's a split of, second. I mean, this is real time. This Keith, isn't. Keith and the coppers of the state came to an agreement. Okay, you guys can, you know, grab a guy. You just can't restrict his breathing, but you can grab arms. Or you can do whatever you have to to stop a confrontation that you see building. Mary is coming along and saying, no, you're only allowed to use any type of physical force to prevent when there is a risk of bodily harm or death. And don't you think Keith came to that conclusion knowing the severity of what's at, at risk this here? This ain't the first time Keith has been at odds with Mary because they do right. tend to eat each other's young. Right. They tend to go after each other because they don't... What the hell do you people want? But I'm, we're actually trying to give Keith a little bit of credit. I here, guess right? I am. I'm seriously, because I'm going to guess he said, "Hey, we probably we got to do something here because we can't have these uh, schools without SROs in them." After Allison issued his legal opinion last week, Tim Walls met with law enforcement and legislative leaders in hopes of alleviating concerns. Some agencies, such as the Blue Earth County Sheriff's Office and Egan Police Department, the White Bear Police Department, have already reinstated their SRO programs in light of Allison's interpretation. But Moriarty now appears to believe a separate set of standards may have been the point. I know from speaking with many of you that you see the key role of your SROs as building relationships with youth in schools and to help ensure safety, Mary already wrote. In other words, they have a different role than officers outside schools whose primary role is to enforce the law. This statutory change indicates that the legislature wants SROs aligned with school personalities, school personnel in terms of the tools used to interact with youth in schools. She wants a, a shift in training and policy. If there is something that happens in the schools, we all have to be crystal clear on what they can and can't do, said Jeff Potts, executive director of the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association. Every situation is different. Every situation well, is Well, what Mary's fluid. done is she's thrown a fly into the ointment here. It's her interpretation of risk, not the SROs. And if these things do end up in her court, it will be her interpretation of whether or not he or she acted properly. Potts, the head of the police chiefs group, said, I thought we were headed in the way the attorney of the attorney general's opinion. We were very hopeful and optimistic. But with this information from the county attorney, I think it sets us back. 
Potts also feels this feeling may stretch further than Hennepin County. There may be a ripple effect beyond Hennepin County that comes out of the email that was sent out by the county attorney that other county attorneys may agree with, Potts said. We don't know. It just adds even more confusion and a lack of clarity to the issue. And she so much as admits that, Joe. I also want to be clear that our office's interpretation of these statutory changes is not legally binding. Well, then why are you shooting off your big, dumb mouth? Is she talking just to the people that voted for her? Why is she saying this if she admits that what she's saying is complete BS? Given our office's jurisdiction to review cases and make charging decisions in Hennepin County, we do think it's important to provide insight on our interpretation of this new statutory language. Okay, but the input she provided, the interpretation she provided, is contradictory to what Ellison provided. Yes, yes. So where where are these coppers supposed to be? And by the way... What What the hell do you people want? What's going to happen now? Everybody will put SROs back in schools, except for the ones that probably need them the most in Hennepin, Hennepin County. Hennepin County, right. Right. Good luck to you. Yeah. They really have a beef going, don't they? It's just is that those, what it is? It's those two. It's a piss. It's, You're right. Yeah, it's just a contest. Didn't, yeah. uh, didn't Allison take a case away from her? Yeah, he did. The, uh, yeah. the one where, well, the governor stepped in first, correct? A spokesperson for Moriarty's office issued the following statement. Here we go. It issued to our own five eyewitness news. Right here. Right here. The county attorney talks frequently with Hennepin County chiefs and has developed a trusting, open, and transparent relationship with them. So far, that sentence means nothing. Got it. They know they can ask her questions directly and seek her guidance and that the county attorney will be direct and honest in response, even as they recognize we cannot provide their department with legal advice. You are useless, Mary. You're you're stirring the waters where it didn't need to be stirred. Yep. We are not going to comment further on the county attorney's conversations and engagement with police chiefs in this context. Well, that statement by uh, Mary Moriality's spokesperson is not helpful to this controversy. It's just more boilerplate B as in B, S as in S. It's politics. That's right. Well, I don't know uh, where we are. Where we? Well, I do know where we are. We're back to where we were. Huh? We're back to not knowing whether a, what a cop can do in a school. Because the, the people who are ideologically corrupted, like Mary Moriality, uh, they think so poorly of police. She was part of the defund movement, however, however privately she might have kept that to herself. The people who are ideologically corrupted and want to defund the police, uh, they they were painting the cops as eager to go in there and choke kids. Right. Well, that's not what takes place. That doesn't happen. And once again, what are we discovering? Someone in a position of power and authority has realized, oh, this is probably isn't a good idea, but yet they're not going to change their tune. What? I so desperately want to talk to Shivanti Sandinthana. Any any hope on that? No she's responses. the uh, DFL vice chair who was. She has. Uh, she's gone to the mattresses, as she they really say, has. off the grid. She's off the grid. So, 
let's I'm in, off the grid. Yeah, let's so invent a, a scenario. Uh, bully A, bully B, beating the hell out of each other in the hallways. SRO officer doesn't know if he should step in. Bully A, out of nowhere, produces a knife, stabs Bully B. Bully B, now dead. SRO officer, is he prosecuted? Is he held responsible? What happens in Hennepin County? Well, I'm going to try to answer your question. Because you can't blame the SRO guy from going, um, 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 you know what I mean? I think there's two ways to answer your question. Uh, the first way is that the SRO ideally is not going to let that death happen come hell or high water. Once, once common sense in other kicks words, in where somebody's getting their head beat up. But now let's answer it technically. Yeah, that's the answer I'm looking for. Or the technical answer would be <clears throat> that he might be able, if, that under Moriarty's view of this, reasonable force can be used to prevent when there is a risk of bodily harm or death. So in the case that of bully A and bully B, I think an SRO could get away with intervention even under Moriarty's interpretation but ideally now you've got bully now i'll answer it the other way now you've got bully a and bully b facing off in the hallway under mary moriality's interpretation the sro cannot intervene yet She's but, saying you can only intervene when we have a risk of harm or death. Why would she want that to escalate to that point before but, she would allow an intervention? Yeah. But uh, harm. Harm. Oh, define harm. I mean, broken nose? Concussion? Yeah. Broken What's leg? Harm? Fractured uh, skull? Harm is, harm is 10 miles an hour. Death is 200 miles an hour. Right. You know, that's a there's there's a lot of ground to cover there. So the SRO, he's sitting there thinking, hmm, let's see, under the Keith Ellison interpretation, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm allowed this. to go and separate A Meanwhile, and B. Under I can separate yeah. A and B and I'm going to do so before A and B draw weapons or do harm to each other. I'm gonna take care of it right now. That's I'm Allison. Under me. under more reality's interpretation, he's rubbing his chin and he's thinking, I can't do anything yet. I better wait till <laughs> yeah. bully A pulls yeah. a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know, I mean, we're being we're being stupid here because we know SROs they have this instinct where they run into danger while everybody's running out. That's that's their deal. That's their M.O. What was your childhood like, Mary Moriality? Because you got some weird views of things. But think about that. All those cops, what, what do cops do when there's stuff going on? They're calm. They keep yeah. their cool. Always, they're collected. Yeah. And we they would know hope. Yeah. when to yeah. go in. Yeah, majority of them. Of them. Yep. Yes. Yep. No, but Absolutely. I think we nailed it. Let's go with Bully A and Bully B. They're walking down the hall. Well, I can even make this more complicated. Here we go. What if Bully A? <laughs> what if Bully A is a transgender student? I'm not. Oh, being, I'm not here being facetious. Amazing. Here I saw, that. I saw the video. Okay. Okay. I, I'm not being facetious. Let's say Bully A is a transgender student, and Bully A goes after B, who is a a, a girl. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. But the transgender is really a guy. He's pretending he's a girl. Okay. And he he uh, has uh, he has a uh, an issue with the girl. He they got into an argument in class or something, and now he's going to follow up on that in the hallway. And he goes to take a swing at the girl. Yeah. He it's a he. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. It's a he. Now the cops got three things to worry about. <laughs> he's got to worry. Okay, can I apply the Keith Ellison interpretation? Can I apply the Mary Moriality interpretation? Or are all bets off because one of these fruitcakes is a transgender student? All bets are off. How about the video? Let's say a video surfaced at a middle school in Oregon Yep. of that very thing playing out. Just terrible. Just so sad. Kids, tough. it's tough to be a kid today in school. And, you, <sighs> you know, you're always trying to get along, and it's tough. And their sensibilities are always at the surface and it's just tough it's just hard to be a teen or a preteen and now you got this transgender whatever teen in Thank oregon and he beats the living crap out of a girl and at the end she said i can't breathe i can't breathe and there's no well she was so frightened and crying and it's just it's tough enough to be a kid yep it's just uh, the cops, uh, what a thankless bleeping task they have to be a school resource officer. And now it's confounded by this disturbed county attorney. By but, his disturbed, I mean ideologically disturbed, ideologically corrupted, has lost complete sight of right and wrong, has lost complete sight of reality. It lives in a fairy tale existence. You're Mary Moriality. You're a, you're like walls. You're just ultimately what you are is a great disappointment. But Joe, Minneapolis is having a tough enough time right now getting people to to be cops. Who in the hell is going to want to be an SRO in Hennepin That's, County? Thank you for saying what I was thinking. What we're down to five hundred something cops in Minneapolis. We're three hundred right? short, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why people get stabbed at midnight on a light rail platform. There aren't any cops around. They're not enough anyway. And my I kids, can't I can't blame people for not wanting to do the job. My kid's truck was broken into last night, night before. Didn't even bother calling. Didn't even bother. What what's the point? But he's smart enough not to keep anything of extreme value. Well, anyway. uh uh yeah. Ben. Expensive binoculars, expensive rangefinder. Oh. But now it's empty. Now it now it's empty. You know what people in Frisco do? They, they empty the out their car, they leave all the doors open and the trunk open. Yep. Yeah, but then, then they go they, into their apartment. But haven't you ever seen uh, Lebowski? Then they use it for a bathroom. Right. <laughs> Wedged I, up against an abutment on the freeway. I just, my favorite part of that movie is when he drops the joint in the seat of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we take a break? We can, but we got to hear from our buddy, the rookie. Well, and you should listen to me because, uh, yes, we're warming up a little bit here, so you're probably not going to turn on your air conditioning unit fully. Want to bet? Um, really? <laughs> set at 66 All last right, night, my friend. I left the house. <laughs> well, okay then. If it's in fine working order, hats you don't know off how to, to work you. an air conditioner. Oh, yeah. No? Well, Here you know we what go. it does? 
The people that's, at that's Welcher. right. The you know what? Text. And they're going to tell you what I'm telling you. They're going to tell you, you need to have someone work on it that knows what they're doing. Well, four generations and 100 years of experience, the Welter family knows exactly what they're getting into. And with the uh, summer winding down, fall is here, winter's around the corner, you're going to be turning that heat on. Make sure you hit the ground running. Have it checked out. Maybe you need a complete replacement. Now would be the time to do it so you're ready. 612-825-6867 is the phone number where a human being answers the phone in Minneapolis and will direct your call. If you go to welterheating.com, you can click on the blogs. You can click on the uh, heating and cooling uh, tabs to find out exactly. Maybe they know your problem, and maybe there's a simple fix that you can learn about online for free. Welter Heating. Don't use the fly-by-nighters. They've been around for over a century here at Welter. Trust them. 612-825-6867. Better yet, go to welterheating.com. Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Second Friday in a row, Pat's forgotten. Memoromania? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Hey, where are you? No, he'll respond to you at about three in the morning. You got a grandkid like that. I saw a Ferrari today, and four weeks later, he'll say, What color? <laughs> it's a scramble! So, Reavers scheduled a filter replacement from Hofferman Water. Joe, you love good, clean water, don't you? I do, Chris. Um, unfortunately, because uh, I forgot about the appointment. Yeah. They showed up at my house and I was already here. Yeah. So I had to reschedule. But that's how great the fine folks at Hofferman Water are because they get it. They understand that you're busy and you're forgetful. Wow, Wow, Chris. I I get a text like, hey, uh, can you let Gary in? Hofferman's, just so you know, I'm in South St. Paul and I am available for this endorsement once you take it from him. No, they're fantastic. And they also wanted me to extend a thanks to all of you GLers that have been reaching out for that free water analysis. That's so spectacular. And I'm telling you right now, you make the switch to Connecticut and Hofferman, you're going to be really happy that you did. Our water right now is fantastic. So get on the schedule today, 952 894 
4040. You see, when you call them and you make an appointment, just make sure you stay home and you don't head off to work. That's the key. Or HoffermanWater.com. Please let them know you heard about them here on the Garage Logic podcast. I wanted to tell you that uh, whales like to wear hats. What do you mean? Uh, okay, Lebowski, what do you mean by whales that? Whales yeah. like to I'll wear, bite. whales like to put seaweed on their head as a hat. Like Grandpa. What was the whale trying to do when he put seaweed on his head? Get it in his mouth. No. No, I think this is very interesting. Okay. I love large animals. Right. I'm a big fan of elephants. Yeah. I just think elephants are really You rode one once. Really cool. I love elephants. But whales, I like whales. Mm-hmm. They like to wear hats made out of seaweed. Hmm. You know, I just wanted you to know that in the event you ever saw a whale. You're just a little tidbit for a, a cocktail party. Well, do you know chatter? why? Do you know why they like to wear hats made out of seaweed? Is it undercover? They don't want to be seen? Right, they want stealth. to remain hidden? The, the seaweed has antibacterial properties that the whales use to cleanse their skin and get rid of bacteria on their heads. Mm-hmm. And it helps learning and socializing because a lot of times a whale will go to another whale and say, I really dig your hat. Hey, where do you get that seaweed? I'm picturing that is a the nice uh, hat. little rascal, Spanky. Didn't he have the propeller hat? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it, 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 it's an ectoparasite. Uh, it removes ectoparasites. What? What? And no? it's a skin treatment by utilizing brown algae's antibacterial properties. Exfoliate. Okay. So they so, so going sounds, to the spa. So whales got the nice skin. That's it. No, no, whales are hippie. I'm having a cartoon bubble of a whale sitting under one of those hair dryers like women used to have <laughs> at the know, beauty parlor. Come down like Remember that, that thing? <laughs> yes. When the woman would come out with hair made out of metal at Helene's on yeah. Randolph yeah. and Wheeler. And those things, those places Dabbered. stunk. Yeah, they did. Wait, There's you remember the name of the hair salon on Randolph Avenue? Yeah, Joe. It was Joelle's and then Helene's and. Who was the... Uh, and the hair would come out as though it had been varnished. Yes, but... And then that night, the woman would go out to dinner. What if it was raining? How would they come out? They had the big plastic sheet over <laughs> <laughs> tied, tied underneath as if monsoon is yes. coming in. Oh, and, terrible weather. You know, the gal that owned that went on to... Fame and fortune. No, she married... Uh, who was the guy downtown lives in the tower? He's gone now. He always wore the um, berets. The I can't think oh. of his name. John. He was at well, Baker. Nassif. Nassif. John Nassif. Nassif yeah. Yeah. The late great. Was that her? Was that Helene? Yeah. I knew Helen. Yeah, they were. I don't know if they got married or not, but it was, you know, second. They were pals. Yeah, they were. They were They were partners. Only because they come to us all the way from the traveling linemen. <laughs> what? I don't know why he thinks that's funny. <laughs> The uh, they were pals. Lives. They were pals. Oh, yeah. I see. They I, hang out. Are, are we pals yet? I don't. Where, oh, are, we? where are we? John was a hell of a guy. On this day in 1837, <laughs> September 29th, Dakota leaders signed a treaty in Washington D.C. selling their lands east of the Mississippi River for 500 grand in cash and goods. That's a lot of money. Wow. On this day in 1964. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, just okay. Go ahead. September 29th. St. Paul's first McDonald's restaurant opened on Fort Road. You just ought to ask the Dakota how that worked out for them. Well, right? I, can, I can finish that. The, the treaty, along with the Ojibwe Treaty of the same year, opened eastern Minnesota's settler colonists. Representatives for the U.S. are Joel R. Poinsett and Lori Taliaferro, while Wapasaw, or Wabasha, meaning Red Leaf, 
uh, Wakanyan, Tanka, Big Thunder, and Mazahoda, Gray Iron, signed for the Dakota. Yeah. On this day in 1964, St. Paul's first McDonald's restaurant opened on, uh, they're calling it Fort Road, West 7th Street. Right. I know where that is. It's still there, isn't it? Yes, it is. McDonald's. I wonder what Mary, uh, what her opinion on the McRib is. I'd, I'd like to have her weigh in A hamburger in on that. costs no. 15 cents, man. Wow. Now, the St. Paul franchise was not, however, the first McDonald's in the state of Minnesota. That opened in 1957. Do you know where? No. And that's oh. still there. Oh, it's got to be Faribault. Nope. Oh. Good in guess. Roseville on Snelling. It would be about Snelling and 36, right in that area. Yes. It's Just still south. there. Yeah. On the south side of 36. Uh, west. West side of... Not, yes, south of 36, west, west of Snelling. Snelling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 1957. Wow. On this day in 1983. You know what McDonald's is? You, so, you think of it as a restaurant. McDonald's is a real estate company. You are absolutely correct. You must have read the same thing I read. Yep. They own a lot of land. Yep. And they make their money by leasing the land to the franchisees. Yep. Um, Joe, I got news for you. There's a, there's a lot of places that do it that way. What? There's a lot <clears> of places <throat> On this day in 1983. <laughs> You're talking about September 29th, bro? I don't remember this story. James Jenkins and his son Stephen Jenkins now Stephen Jenkins Anderson, lured Ruthton Bankers, Rudy Blythe, and Toby Thulin to their 10-acre Pipestone County dairy farm, which had been repossessed by Blythe's bank and killed them both. Wow. Oh, wow. The murder spurred a nationwide manhunt, ending with Stephen Jenkins' surrender and James Jenkins' suicide in northern Texas. Stephen Jenkins, barely 18, year old, 18 years old at the time, professed his innocence, but it was convicted of the murders. 17 years later, he admitted in an interview that he had killed the bankers. Mm. I, I want to say I vaguely remember it, but I don't even... I guess I do vaguely remember it. Okay. But I was a sports writer at the time, and I probably was more concerned about the standings. Probably. So is, is Steve still with us, I wonder? I don't know. It doesn't. This day in Minnesota history does not tell us that. Thank you, GLers. Uh, remember, a pleasant weather warning has been issued for this weekend. You might want to stay inside in case it's just so warm you might be tempted to have a beer with a neighbor. And that would could lead to alcohol abuse, which would be caused by climate change. Wow, that is a ways to go, isn't it? Now, you talk about history... <laughs> The Masons, they got history, baby. They do. I'm surprised that's not included more in your uh, This Day in History. Well, they'll come up. They've come up. They've, they've all come together. And the Minnesota Masonic Charities right now at mnmasoniccharities.org. I would love for you to learn the history. I went and visited their museum down there. It's in Bloomington. And they pretty much have everything to do with how stuff has gotten done over the years, the tools they've used, the terms they've used, and now they've taken all that great knowledge, put it into one big pot in 2006, Minnesota Masonic Charities, that started. They started in 06 when they all came together, and they do the work of the Lord, baby. Young, old, students, whatever the case may be, I wish you could get the chance to go through their museum. Let them know that, you know what, I don't know, I just... 
it's fun to learn about these guys and gals and what they've done over the years. So if you want to learn more, go to mnmasoniccharities.org. Do it this weekend. Do it when the weather is nice or do it when I don't care when you do it. But please check them out. Inform yourself and learn exactly what they do. mnmasoniccharities.org. Thank you. What in the world is this? Is that going to do it for today's? I think that's going to do it for program. today's program. Uh, unless you want to find more, you can go to YouTube and see some of the great Garage Logic videos that we have out. You can subscribe; makes it so much easier. Then hit up GarageLogic.com, as I tell you at the end of each show. Town Council, ten bucks or hundred bucks for the year. Pretty small price to pay to get informed and be in prior to the show, post show, and in between the breaks. And flip over to the. We don't call it the talk shop anymore, do we? No. Uh, the place where we sell the Garage Logic Online okay, Shop. Okay, the Garage Logic Online Shop is way too long, so I'm not going to say that. Just check out the the, the garb at garagelogic.com. Have a good weekend, Charles.